Uh, who's excited to be in God's house today? That's it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, my. Oh, I, I, um, I mentioned in the, in the first service that uh, <clears throat> I was sitting in, in Sandy's spot, so I was extra anointed. And now at the second service, I'm double anointed. So, woo, look out. <laughs> just, um, hey, we try not to repeat announcements here. Um, but I do want to kind of give a special emphasis towards baptism. So that's happening next Sunday, November 27th at both 9 and 11. So you have options. And uh, if you are a follower of Jesus and you have not yet been baptized, I just really want to encourage you to take that step to be water baptized. And I know, you know, in, in all uh, comedy, actually it was a really bad joke, Luke, I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> at least he warned you <laughs> Oh no, he said it was going to be good. He was, I can't remember. Anyway, he said get dunked. Uh, it's more than just getting dunked. There's actually, there's so much in, uh, in baptism that is both symbolic but also physical. Like things, things happen. There's spiritual, all, all kinds of element, working elements together. And in Romans 6 and Colossians 2, it, it says that we actually... Um, identify with Christ in his death and burial when we go under. And then as we're raised up out of the water, it says we're raised in the likeness of his resurrection so that we can walk in newness of life, okay? So if you're dying, you obviously have to die to something. And what you're dying to actually is your old nature. It's the old person that you were before you met Jesus. So when people are like, you know, you know, I gave my life to Jesus when I, you know, when I was young and now I'm like 50. Think about this. You've been carrying dead weight for many years when Jesus is like, man, that thing could have been killed in that baptism tank and I could have and set you free to walk in the Christian life that I have for you. And so all that to say, if you haven't been baptized yet, don't miss out, get baptized. All right? All right. Hey, and if you are signed up, I know that there are some uh, probably here today that are signed up for that. Um, there's an information packet coming out again later this week with all the details, so don't worry. It's going to be awesome, and I'm really excited to, to participate in that with you. And uh, also, Luke and Josh are going to be helping out as well, so we're excited for that. Did, did that fall? Something? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, all right, like uh, Luke mentioned, and if you were here last week, we commissioned a team uh, from our church here, a lot of it was our pastoral team and some ministry team to go to Quebec to, uh, with Hannah and Joel Dumain. There's a conference happening there, and uh, they're there right now. They're, they're ministering. I, I talked to Sandy yesterday, said, man, God is just pouring out his presence. Holy Spirit is coming in power. People are getting set free and touched by God, and it's just so amazing that that's happening there. And I think today, Sandy and the team, they're going to a couple of churches, and he's speaking at a couple of churches, Matt's leading worship. And uh, so we just bless them. And let's just pray for them right now. God, we just pray that your power and your presence would work through this ministry team that we've sent, Lord. And um, God, that your kingdom would come and that you would give them strength, uh, strength for today, Lord God, strength to um, continue to um, go from place to place. And um, God, I just thank you work through them and uh, you, that your heart is ministered 
um, through them and that people are, are just touched uh, in Quebec, Lord. And we bless, uh, we bless our, our brothers and sisters in Christ in the East who are hungry for Jesus and hungry for a move of God. And we just bless you today, Jesus, in your mighty name. Okay. Amen. I tripped you up there. I said okay and said amen. But thank you for yeah, just closing that properly. That's good. No, just kidding. Um, wow. Okay. How many of you were here uh, a couple weekends ago at our conference, the Reveal Conference? Yeah, a few of you. So um, I've, I got, I've got touched in a powerful way. God just met me in, in <laughs> powerful ways, so much so that I'm still walking through stores and just going, fire, fire on you, <laughs> fire on you. Oh, man. And... I, you know, how many of you remember when Sandy was, you know, he, on the Sunday night he stood here and he was talking about um, the different words for glory in the Bible, right? And one of them was the cloud. And you remember when he's like, um, man, there's only some conversations that you can have with your father in the cloud. You remember that? He was talking about his dad and I was just like, Phew. like, let's go, Sandy, I'm fire. <laughs> um, I also wrote down lots of quotes from, from Sammy on Joaquin. I want to share this one. Um, I love this one from from Joaquin, right? The measure that we learn to value his presence is the measure that the kingdom of heaven will manifest in our midst. Isn't that so good? And so my challenge to us today is like, let's raise our expectancy a little today, okay? Like, let's be expectant for, for God to be here. We've already worshiped. He's already here in our midst. And let's increase our expectancy for God to move in our lives and do a work in our lives today. Um, I kind of want to give a bit of a disclaimer as we're jumping into our passage today. Uh, it is in Acts, so you can go there now if you want, Acts 4. Um, here, here's my disclaimer. I am preaching through a bit of a lens today. It is a lens of uh, my experience and what I experienced growing up as a, as a Christian and it, actually really growing up in religion. And uh, religion being like, man, it was works, practices, uh, things that I had to do to try to get God's favor, and always living that I could, in a place that I've never um, able to, to be in his presence because I, I wasn't worthy. And no matter what I did, I just, you know, I always had that overwhelming guilt and shame that I, I could never measure up to God's standards. That's religion. How many know there's a difference between religion and the kingdom? Okay. Religion weighs you down, the kingdom sets you free. And so if you are like me, this is a message for you. But on the other side of that, there's probably some of you here that you know, you've given your life to Jesus maybe in the last year or last couple of years, and you actually don't have any kind of religious baggage that you're, you're carrying that you have to work through, and uh, we celebrate that, and we love that, and we love you. Have mercy for us today. <laughs> Be praying for us because uh, you're experiencing something that not all of us are experiencing. And um, some of you may have dealt with this and, then, and you can just have a nap. That's cool. Um, but you're good. I love that. The kingdom's moving through you. People are getting saved through your life. Um, yeah, you can just, no, please don't check out. Just stay with me. Listen, because I, 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 even though I'm at the place I am now, I'm still recognizing that there's religious baggage that uh, the Lord is just stripping off of me. And so today, that is my prayer that um, there would just be something removed from religion and more of the kingdom deposited into our lives. Okay, 
So we are in our Acts series, and um, a couple weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago, Nathan introduced a, us to a story in Acts chapter 3, right? And just, I'm going to do a recap because it's important. Um, so John and Peter are going up to the temple to pray. Uh, I love that. They're just going about their day. They're just going to do, um, they're just going to worship Jesus. And they walk through the gate, beautiful, and there's this lame guy that's begging there. And uh, Peter's like, man, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus, rise up. And he gets up and he's healed, right? And, um, you know, I love, I love what, it's, what Jesus said in Matthew 10, and, and Joaquin kind of said this at the conference, he said, right? Matthew 10 says, Jesus said, freely you've received, now freely give. And Jesus is always freely giving, Right? And the power of God working through our lives is directly related to our ability to receive, right? To receive and then give away. And so that's what Peter's doing right here. Freely he's, re- he's received, freely he gives. This guy gets healed, uh, jumps up, is praising God. And, um, and then and Peter and John begin to, to preach the gospel message of Jesus in the temple. And that's what Sandy talked about last week. He covered kind of the message that Jesus, that, um, Peter is preaching, and um, you know, Sandy mentioned that there's you know the need for repentance, forgiveness of sin, uh, times of refreshing coming, and shedding off that nominal Christianity is what um, kind of Sandy was was talking about. I encourage you to go listen to it if you missed that. And so today, as we come into Acts four, it's still the same story. We're we're still in the same account. Guy gets healed. Um, Peter and John are preaching the gospel. And then, um, and then this happens in Acts chapter 4. So I'm going to read a portion of this and kind of teach through it, and uh, we'll try and go somewhere today. So picking it up in Acts 4. Now as they spoke, that's Peter and John, right, preaching the gospel, to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, I love this, God is still working. However, many of those who heard the word, the gospel, they believed. And the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Verse 5, And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, And as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together in Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, that's that's Peter, John, and the healed guy, set them in their midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? I'm going to stop there. Isn't it interesting? When there's a move of God and God's presence is manifested through the power of the Holy Spirit, on a people, in a place, that it draws attention. It draws attention. And actually, I feel like, you know, there's kind of three groups of people. There's the hungry. People are like, oh man, I've been looking for this for so long. We gotta go see what's happening over here. That's one. And then number two is the curious. The curious, right? They're like, what's going on over there? Who's this Jesus? I don't know. You ever heard of Jesus? Well, I think I heard of that Jesus. I think I ran into him in my town. He came through one time. I don't know. 
But what I do know is that what I've heard is this Jesus guy is being preached, people are getting healed, and they're actually, um, their lives are being transformed. Man, we gotta go check this out. Yeah, let's go check this out, come on. And off they go, right? And there may be some of you in here today that are, that are curious. Maybe you've heard, you've heard about Jesus or you've heard about you know, some things that are going on here at Kingdom City, God's, uh, God's presence and uh, power of the Holy Spirit moving in our midst. And you're like, man, I wanna, I wanna go check that out. So I just wanna welcome you. And I pray that the Lord would, would actually touch your heart today. Finally, from present day all the way through history, until Act, or here at Acts 4, spanning that history. We have one final group of people that are always disturbed, confronted, <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, and offended when there's a move of God. Who is it? It's the religious. <laughs> oh boy. It's the religious. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be known as a religious person. And you might be like, wait, didn't, isn't, aren't I in a religion right now? Like, is, isn't that what I did when I said, when I became a Christian, I like came into a religion? Well, yes, we have practices and, you know, we, we teach the, the scriptures, we, we pray, we worship. There's things that we, that we do, yes, but um, when I said yes to Jesus and I, I became a Christian, I didn't join a religion, I joined a movement. And that movement is the kingdom. And it's led by Jesus, okay, who poured out his spirit to empower his disciples so that we would make more disciples and preach the gospel all the way until he comes again. That's what you, that's, when you said yes to Jesus, this is what you joined. You joined the kingdom, and the kingdom is advancing. And so when the kingdom is, is advancing and God's presence and power is moving among the followers of Jesus, it goes head on with, with religion. So what does that mean? What does that mean to be religious? Well, guess what? We can, we can answer that through, through the Bible. Let's look at uh, who these religious people were. So we have the Sadducees, we have the rulers, we have elders, we have scribes, we have priests, we have priests' family. This whole group, grouping of people, actually was, it was a group of 70, and they formed what's called the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin. Guess who else faced the Sanhedrin? Jesus. Guess what happened when he faced the Sanhedrin? He got condemned to death. So here's Peter and John before the same San, the Sanhedrin council, and this, the Sanhedrin is very religious and political. It'd be like if um, in Canada, we, we, uh, we joined the Supreme Court of Canada and the House of Commons together with the most popular Christian pastor as the leader. It would be a disaster. <laughs> well, maybe not. So the Sanhedrin, in, so the highest authority in the Sanhedrin was, was the high priest. And... The Sanhedrin was actually only limited to exercising power and authority over the Jewish people. So it was a fully Jewish council, authority only over the Jewish people. And how I understand is that the Sadducees were the majority, uh, made up the majority of this group of men. So who are the Sadducees? So they're a religious sect, they're very well educated, and they're highly political. 
In fact, they stressed complete cooperation at all times with the government, which was the Roman Empire. They're like, nope, whatever the government says, we are in alignment with that. I'll just park that. They were highly materialistic. Their lives were really comfortable. They rejected all forms of the supernatural, especially the possibility of someone being resurrected from the dead. And so God's like, Bloop, here's a miracle. And now Peter and John are preaching the gospel. This guy gets healed and this group of Sadducees are like, our, fundament, our fundamental beliefs are being challenged. Our theology is being challenged. We're being threatened. Our authority is being threatened as religious teachers because people are actually joining this movement. What is happening? This is making us really uncomfortable. Remember what Paul says in Ephesians 6? He says, we war not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So there's actually a religious spirit that is working behind and through the Sadducees. And the religious spirit works to oppose the new thing God is doing and the life, the vitality, and the joy that the gospel brings and that his presence brings for believers and non-believers. And so based on what we can understand about this religious group of, of guys, I've kind of, kind of pulled out three things. Three things that religion is, religious, the religious spirit, religiosity, I don't know what the right word is, is confronted with. Three things. Number one, tradition. The, the Sadducees, is, their tradition was confronted. Number two, their rational mind was, was confronted. And number three, their comfort was confronted. Right? Their traditions. Hey, but we've been doing it this way for this long. This is how it's done. We cannot change. We cannot change. This is how, we, how we've done it. There's rules. <laughs> Don't you know there's rules? You can't, you can't break the rules. These guys are breaking the rules. You can't break the rules. We have a tradition. With religious, yeah, bless you. Sorry to pick you to... Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. God bless you. <laughs> See, religious tradition in this way, we become, you know, we, we become highly suspicious of the new things, new movements, new life that God is bringing. That's what happens. With the rational mind, right? It's like, well, we've never experienced that before. And we're the experts. And so if we haven't experienced that, obviously that can't be from God. That can't be God. That didn't come through us. We're the, we're the, we're the experts. Nobody, nobody gets raised from the dead. We've never seen that. Nobody gets healed. We've never prayed for anyone and they got healed. That doesn't happen today. Meanwhile, God's like, hey, how about you let me be God and I'll decide when people stop getting healed and I'll decide when I stop raising people from the dead. And so with the rational mind, we tend to reject spiritual manifestations that we don't understand. Reject, reject spiritual manifestations we don't understand. Finally, we come to comfort. <laughs> well, we don't, we don't have room for this in our theology. And 
if we were to have to correct our theology, that would mean that we were wrong. Oh, we can't be, if we were wrong, man, we can't, we can't be wrong, so let's just keep doing what we're doing with our theology, and, and you know what, let's just stay comfortable, because it would be way too uncomfortable to have to face and admit that we were wrong. It's really quiet. My, my wife said, a quiet room is a convicting room. So I was like, oof. You should come up and preach. <laughs> All right. So the religious mindset stands in opposition to the new thing God is doing. And sadly, people actually miss out. They miss out on the new thing that God is doing, on his, on the, his presence, experiencing his power. Um, unless, unless we allow God to challenge that unless we actually allow room for the Holy Spirit and say, hey, actually, you know what? I need you to challenge my comfort, challenge my rational mind, challenge my tradition. Lord, I, I, want, I want more of you than I want my tradition. Okay, I'm gonna share a story. Hopefully this will help. And this is really fresh. So, cause this was the conference weekend and I've had some time now to like pray and to process and to, you know, dialogue with the Lord. Um, how many of you, when the power of God is present and he's moving, it actually, you, you've seen other people, maybe, maybe it's happened to you, but I'm gonna go through the lens of, like you've seen other people uh, react in a certain way, right? Um, I call it like the shimmy shaking people, right? And so, I was like, if you were to ask me, Greg, what do you think about that? Is that, is, that, is that for real? I'd be like, hey, you know what? Like, who am I to judge? I mean, let God be God. If Holy Spirit wants to, to move on someone, like I can understand if like the power of God is coming upon someone that, yeah, maybe it does cause their like body to react and, and, and that, you know what? I, I'm okay with that. But then as I was praying and processing with the Lord after this experience that I had, um, I found out that I was actually still battling some religious mindsets. And subconsciously, I was like, yeah, right. I was like, what are these people doing? I was like, this is a learned behavior. Obviously, like, <laughs> like you have control. You, <laughs> you, you can control yourself here. And then I was over here. And I was worshiping so comfortably. <laughs> I was just loving Jesus giving them praise, there's people kneeling, there's, there's uh, people weeping. The, the presence of God was so uh, profound and so powerful. And I'm just loving Jesus. And all of a sudden this picture enters my, my, my mind and I see this, this face with this giant smile and these fingers look like they're gonna tickle me. And so your, your immediate reaction was, oh! And I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I was like, great, now, now I'm one of those. <laughs> Meanwhile, the guy beside me, Adam, he's laughing and he's like, oh, more, Lord. And I'm like, no more. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know what? 
that was just a one-time thing. I'm just gonna go back and do my thing. <laughs> I'm gonna worship. And all of a sudden I see the fingers coming again. Whoa! <laughs> oh my goodness. I was wrong. <laughs> oh, I was wrong. Okay, I'll show you just this one last part. Because the next day, and uh, they're here today, and uh, I was, we were doing a, a study, a Bible study group, and uh, with, with some, some of our community, and um, we're sitting there, it's the end, and, and we're, we're going into prayer, and, uh, and Ryan's praying, and I close my eyes, and I see the face and the fingers, and I said, Lord, not here. I was like, <laughs> Be, I was like behave yourself. <laughs> behave yourself. And then I went in my van and went, whoa! Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't even know what to do now. <laughs> oh, it's so funny, guys, seriously. And so, okay, you're like, okay, what was the purpose of that? Great question, because I asked the Lord the same thing. Um, you know, I was, I was praying, and I was reminded of something that, that Joaquin had said on the, on the weekend. He said that the Bible never calls us experts, but it does call us children. And I was like, man, in that moment, I felt like a child. I felt like a child. What does it say in Matthew 18? What did Jesus say? Turn and become like what? Children. And you will enter the kingdom of heaven. Right? Yeah, you will enter the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) So in that moment, um, there was like a massive baggage of religion that just went off. And God deposited like more of his kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. And so I haven't, I haven't stopped laughing. And by the way, it hasn't happened since. Like, I, so I'm like, but I'm not chasing the manifestation because that could be equally as religious. <laughs> right? If you're like, well, I have to fall down. Otherwise the Lord doesn't touch me. It was like, well, no, he's the Lord. He'll, he'll do whatever he wants. Right? Or I have to speak in tongues if I, it, it, to, to know that I'm filled with the Spirit, right? It can be equally as religious. Anyway. Um, where were we? Right. So, religion will keep you weighed down. The kingdom will give you freedom. Right? And it's freedom to take risks and make mistakes and learn from those mistakes and not feel guilty. It's freedom to take risks to preach in preaching the gospel. It's freedom to love Jesus and freedom to receive the love of the Father. Kind of sounds like a relationship. Am I speaking to anyone today? Yeah, okay. All right, so are we gonna be willing to allow God to challenge the religious spirit that may be at work? behind the scenes in our lives, right? Challenge our comfort, challenge our human tradition, and challenge our rational mind so that we can actually step into and experience what he has in the kingdom. Okay, we gotta keep going. Verse eight. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man by what means he's been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel 
that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. That's Jesus. Let's go. Verse 12, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Woo! Go, Peter. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's, uh, so on one end, we have, uh, we have the religious. And I mentioned at the beginning, we also have the curious. So curious, I want to talk to you for a second. And maybe you just need a refresher and you've been a, a Christian your whole life. Here you go. This is, this is it. We're living in an age right now of like mass religious pluralism. You're like, what's that? It's that when multiple religions are held equal and that their beliefs are equal and that there's actually many ways to God. So they'll get to the same God their way. We're going to get to God our way. And um, this, is, this is what we're living in right now. Multiple paths to God. So let it be known here today that it is only by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that we can experience salvation and real tri life transformation. It is the only name that saves. And that word saved in the Greek is sozo. Okay, it's delivered from demonic bondage. It's rescued from the penalty and power of sin. It's healed spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And it's kept safe and sound by God's protection and provision. I promise you, no other religion offers you that. Yeah. I want to remind you that Jesus said this, the Son of God, in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is exactly what the disciples are saying. It's what they're preaching. So friends, there might be many ways to Jesus, okay? Maybe somebody said, hey, can I pray for you? <laughs> While you were working out one day, or your grandma prayed for you, or you went to camp. Many ways to Jesus, but there are not 20 doors to God the Father. There's one door, and it is Jesus. He is the door, and he is the one that we have access to the Father, where we receive forgiveness of sin, and we receive a new identity. And this salvation transaction can only happen through Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Fully God, fully man, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on a cross for my sin, in my place, was raised again on the third day, conquering death, conquering hell, conquering sin. Um, uh, you know, he, was, he poured out his spirit to empower all of his followers, is ruling and is reigning because he ascended to the right hand of the Father. He's King of kings and he's Lord of lords and he's coming back to judge the living and the dead. That's who, that's who they're talking about. This is Jesus. And he's the real deal, I promise. I've studied world religions and they may have superficial similarities, right? There might even be opportunities where it's like, hey, actually we could work to accomplish the same thing in, in, in a humanitarian way, but fundamentally beliefs, radically different. Radically different. Jesus is the only way. And you know what about, what else I, I learned as studying religions is that it's all about you. <laughs> It's all about you. It's all about your effort, my effort, our efforts. 
What we have to do, the works we have to do, the rituals, the practices that we have to go through, that we have to exercise in order that we might experience some kind of change or that the God or gods that we're, we're trying to reach will eventually hear us and will earn favor and will earn love and will earn grace and acceptance. With religion, every day is a battle because you're actually never even sure if the practices that you're even doing are even doing anything, right? And then, not only that, but under the pressure of religion, people are just so crushed. They're crushed by the overwhelming guilt like I experienced because I can never measure up to God's standards. Nobody can ever measure up. Guess what? Here's the good news of Jesus Christ. He did everything for you. (laughs) He did it all for you. And so when you give your life to Jesus, the Bible says you're actually like hidden in him. And so when you stand before the Father, all the Father sees is Jesus. And you receive a new identity, your son, his son that he loves. And all of a sudden now you're living life from his love and not trying to do things for his love. Anyway, how many remember what Joaquin said? Um, right, you know, he's pray- he was praying to God. He- And God spoke to him and just kind of said, you know, am I just the healer to you or am I healing, right? It's the same thing with salvation. Salvation isn't something he does, it's who he is. (laughs) He, He is salvation. And so when you receive Jesus by faith, redemption and restoration is the natural reward. Okay, last thing. Acts chapter 4, 13. Now when they saw the boldness, that's the Sanhedrin, the religious guys, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. Whoo! <laughs> that word untrained in the Greek is idiote. And it's exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> the, the Sanhedrin's like, man, we are educated and these guys are a bunch of idiots. Turn to your neighbor and tell the, no, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> but then I'm like, wait, maybe we are all just idiots, but we've been with Jesus, so it doesn't matter. Oh, (laughs) okay, the world doesn't need more religious people. It needs more people that have been with Jesus. (laughs) It needs you to be with Jesus. And oh man, I got a story I'm gonna share because they can tell. (laughs) They can tell if you're religious or if you've been with Jesus. So a couple years ago in January, February time, all I know was like minus 37 or something. And of course we were out of gas. So I was like, I knew we should have filled up. Anyway, um, so yeah, and it gets that cold here. You may be watching online like, what's minus 37? Well, well let's just say that everything on your face freezes <laughs> in a second. And so pumping gas and um, this car pulls up uh, on the other side of the uh, gas pump, windows down, Music just cranked, 
And uh, my first reaction was like, okay, like, it's like minus 37 and what? These guys like listen to Motley Crue, just, I just having a rock party. <laughs> and uh, so I get back in the van and uh, he's still doing his like party. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't even know what's happening. The religious guy in me is like, this is awful. <laughs> All this secular music. <laughs> and so I finish pumping. I go out to, to hang the, the nozzle up and he's finally, he's outside and uh, he just starts to talk to me. And he was like, Oh, hey man, sorry that, that my music's so loud. Oh, today's like, today marks the anniversary of, of when my father died. And uh, this was his favorite song. And so I was just, you know, honoring him and, and just wanted to play this song. And I, it's just something in me which just had so much compassion, right? Jesus, Jesus, like, he had compassion on people. And so I come around the pump and he starts to cry. <laughs> and by this time, something comes on me and I'm like this. And I go up to him and I put my hands on his shoulder and I look in the eye, I'm like, you need to know. <laughs> so I was like, um, oh, what did I say? Just as you loved your father, there is a father in heaven. His name is Jesus and he loves you and he wants to pour his love into your heart. Will you give your life to Jesus? <laughs> and he's like, he's crying and he's like trembling. And, uh, and I was like, let me just pray for you. Can I just pray for you? I don't know, it was, yeah, I'm just, this is just the way it is. And so I prayed for him and, um, you know, he's crying. I was crying actually too, because there's something, there's just the presence of God, right? He could tell that I'd been with Jesus and like everything is frozen on our faces. <laughs> it's just, oh, oh, it's just gross. But I gave him, I gave him my number because he wasn't quite ready to, to, to make a decision. And um, uh, here's, here's a, Another part of that story is that uh, so many of us, I just want to like whoop, knock some religious baggage off y'all, is that we don't have to see an immediate conversion with somebody. Okay, so many times, and this is kind of what I was taught, I was like, man, if they don't give their life to Jesus right now, that's, that's God's not working. Yeah, that's religion. Don't, don't listen to that. Our job is to love people and to sow seeds of the gospel. Because what did that guy get that day? He got the love of the Father. He got the gospel message. And uh, I was okay with that, right? The Bible says some will sow, some will water, but God will always get the increase, right? And so you never know. Maybe somebody else had sowed a seed in that guy's life. Maybe he had a grandma praying for him. And then I just got to come along and water. Anyway, a week later, my phone rang. It was him. And he's like, Greg. And I was like, what's happening, man? And he's like, I just need to give my life to Jesus. And, uh, and I was like, here's another religious thing. I'm like, I don't know if we can do that over the phone, but, uh, but I think God is outside of time. So just get on your knees. And so uh, I just kind of helped. I don't even remember what I did, but he ended up giving his life to Jesus. And then um, he, uh, yeah, he got connected with a church in, in Red Deer. So... Whew. We don't need more religious people. We need more people that have been with Jesus. <laughs> and so my encouragement to you is uh, take time to be with Jesus, right? Because if we learn to talk like him, to walk like him, to act like Jesus, guess what the world will see? Jesus. Whew. 
I know. All right, let's close here. Um, worship team, are you guys, please? Yeah, some of you are here. Can you join? Yeah, I'd love. We just have a, this is how we're going to close. <laughs> Man, following Jesus isn't about being comfortable, okay? It's about being conformable <laughs> into his image, into his image. And so I feel like, man, there's just so much grace today and joy. I don't know if you can feel it. I feel it. I, I, I'm trying to hold it together here and not just laugh. Um, but I feel like there's grace today for a fresh start for a whole bunch of people. And whether it's actually like giving your life to Jesus for the first time, you've, you've heard the scriptures and you're like, I want to experience salvation. Today is your day. And maybe you're like, man, yeah, I grew up in religious tradition. And man, I wonder if the Lord would like tickle my side <laughs> just know if you see me worshiping and I go whoa it's not because I learned it it's because the Lord is, is, is present uh, guys I know Jesus he's, he's present among us right now by his Holy Spirit and so I want to I move us into the time of response you know what's so interesting is that the disciples actually never got anyone to pray a prayer There was no, there's no sinner's prayer that he's like, that Peter's like, all right, now everybody repeat after me. Now, there is repentance from sin, right? There is um, asking for the Lord's forgiveness. There's actually nothing wrong with what we've kind of uh, designed, again, human tradition, but that's, that's okay. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's what the disciples did. They just presented Jesus. And I love what Joaquin said, man, God does a way better job than I, than I can do my job. And so I feel like today we've, we've preached the gospel, we've worshiped, and, I, and, and here's Jesus. And so I'm gonna move out of the way and I want you to respond. And I want you to ask Jesus how you should respond. We're gonna worship just sing a bridge and a chorus of a song. Maybe some of you need to stand on your chair or, or come and kneel at the front, but whatever way God is asking for you to respond today, I want you to take that step. And so let's all stand. And Holy Spirit, I just, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Father. I love you that you come and that you, you, you break things off. God, you have so much grace for us. Thank you that you have so much mercy for us. I just see you're just smiling upon this, this group of people here. And so I just invite you right now, Lord, as we sing in response of worship to you, Lord, would you come and would you meet uh, every person here? God, we just thank you, Jesus. <laughs> wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are so kind and thank you, God, that um, we're religious baggage is falling off that you're replacing that with the kingdom you're replacing that with joy with peace with righteousness god we love you we just thank you we just thank you that you're, you're present here lord i thank you that man for those that uh that need that need to experience salvation for the first time jesus i thank you that you are before them and i thank you that it's just a matter of just saying yes to jesus i believe you are the son of god and i believe God raise you from the dead. That you're coming back again, Jesus. Thank you. Forgive my sins, Lord. Thank you. There's so much mercy, Jesus. Like children, God, you're not mad. You're just, 
you love us so much. And I thank you that even if there's some people that feel a bit of correction today, that's okay. God loves you. He's proud of you. He wants, he wants to, you to step into just a fresh start and experience the life that he has for you. Free of religious works and baggage, just simply love him and receive his love. God, I thank you. I thank you that you go before us this week. I thank you that the world sees that we've been with Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for opportunities uh, even today into this week for for this body of believers, Lord, that that they would see, see Jesus. And Lord, that we would take those risks but also go with the confidence and the peace that we don't have to do everything unless God is like, you know, you're like, okay, I need you to do that. But Lord, just thank you for the freedom that we are just sowing seed, watering seed, and God, we believe you will get the increase and that your word does not return void, Isaiah 55. And so God, we, we love you, we honor you, and I just, I just bless my brothers and sisters here today, Lord. And uh, we just thank you for the work you're doing in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen.